minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Hope everyone had a happy, safe, and fun Memorial Day weekend as we kick off the official start of summer and flip the calendar to June. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast, everybody. Bobby Blanco here, joining you from the safety of my apartment in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Wednesday afternoon. It's a short work week, so hopefully you guys are gearing up for another weekend, another long weekend of some Nationals baseball as they continue this road trip in Atlanta before moving on to Philadelphia. Thanks for making us, again, a part of your Wednesday afternoon. Hopefully you're joining us live on the Mass Nationals YouTube channel or Facebook page or on Twitter. Be sure to comment along throughout the course of the episode. We love making you guys a part of the conversation. And if you're not joining us live, uh, hopefully you're checking us out after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. I'm going to bring in my co-host Amy Jennings right now who joins me via Zoom. And Amy, good to see you again. How was your long weekend? It's good to see you too. My long weekend was good. Um, just to have that nice weather on Monday, I feel like it was perfect. wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold. Uh, got to watch some baseball, so it was really good. I didn't cook out or anything like that, like tradition. Um, but it, but it was a really cool day. How about you, Bobby? Yeah, same. I mean, I don't. I, I you can kind of tell on the camera right now. Uh, I. I also enjoyed some sun time on uh, Monday. Maybe a little too much. Uh, I think it was half like coming out of the winter. Um, like my winter, like pale skin, no base tan, and then just being directly into the sun. We also haven't seen the sun in like a month around here, right? So it's like we're used to it being partly cloudy and overcast. So a couple hours in the sun gave me some color. And I look a little better, but I was pretty red uh, the following day. I think it was yesterday. You just have to get red. through that first time out in the sun, and then after that, you're good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so this is my base now. Give it a couple of days, it'll turn into a tan, and then I'll get back out there and hopefully build off that. Uh, as we get into June. It's crazy that we're already in June, two months into the season. Uh, like I said, summer's pretty much underway. Soon schools will be out. Uh, soon Nationals Park will be at full capacity, uh, which is pretty exciting. I think it's the next homestand. They'll be welcoming a full crowd um, at Nationals Park, which is, is very exciting news. Uh, we'll look forward to that. Hopefully seeing you guys out there at Nats Park. Um, some other things to get to. We're, we're going to be focusing a lot on two of our main Two big pieces to this Nationals roster today, uh, because both of them are kind of in the news uh, as, a, as it relates to the Nationals over the past 24 hours or so. We'll get to Juan Soto in a bit. He's one part. Uh, he's a major key to this lineup, of course. He's been struggling. He had a breakout game last night on Tuesday night against the Braves. Is that a sign of things to come? Is he finally breaking out of a slump? Amy and I will discuss that in a little bit. But Amy, first off, the more important news maybe, maybe more definitely more concerning at least, is Steven Strasburg, who had to leave last night's game a little early uh, in the second inning, and he does not look great, does not look like himself, and he will be getting an MRI earlier today. We'll hear from David Martinez before tonight's game around 4.30 Eastern time. Um, but just your kind of initial reaction and thoughts when you saw Steven Strasburg have to leave another start early uh, this early in the season. Right. You hate to be here talking about this again, and it's kind of been the story of the last two years. I think what's so concerning about this is that Steven Strasburg hasn't looked right in two years. Um, I don't think that him coming out and having to, to leave that start after just 30 pitches is super surprising just because of what we've gotten out of him, how he's looked in every single one of his starts. 
obviously, you know, yesterday being super concerning, uh, just what four pitches in and needed a, um, a visit to the mound. So it's not good. It obviously has a huge ripple effect, not only on this rotation, but on the bullpen um, that we really, we talked a lot about last week, uh, how there's been a lot of pressure on them and they've been coming through, uh, but there's going to be even more reliance on them uh, now that, that Stephen Strasburg is out and not likely, obviously, to make his next start. So the good news is hopefully they'll finally be able to identify, um, find what the, the the source of this issue is and be able to fix it um, is, is the hope. Uh, but never good when you have to talk about Stephen Strasburg leaving another game early and not being himself yet again. Yeah, I think I, I, I saw one of our colleagues uh, Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post tweeted about it, and she said that basically her rule of thumb for Strasburg is if there's smoke, there's fire. And I think I, I totally agree with her. I think whenever we see something like this go with Strasburg, you have to assume the worst just because of his history, how he's already started this season off, right, Amy? Like we know that he started off um, injured list, uh, you know, after a kind of a delayed start to spring training. Of course, coming off the injury from last year, uh, we weren't quite sure w- w- what we would be getting from Steven. Uh, this year so yeah not a great start for Strasburg and and you know it's kind of the same thing that we saw earlier on right it's the shoulder it's the arm shaking it's him finish finishing his pitches toward the first base side just not looking like his normal self not finishing toward uh, the batter and toward his catcher uh, which is what you would normally want to see from uh, Steven or any pitcher really uh, in in their starts Uh, you know I I wonder if uh, I think David Martinez who we'll hear from in a a bit uh, kind of mentioned this uh, about last night. You know, we saw him earlier this year, right, in St. Louis, and that whole controversy of that shot down behind the dugout in that tunnel where the Nationals thought there shouldn't have been a camera. But we saw Steven playing with his shoulder and his arm. We kind of brushed that aside and was more like, that conversation was more about why is that camera there as opposed to, well, there's something wrong with Steven. Uh, And now we see, again, him kind of messing with that same area uh, of his body. That shoulder, that trap is going under uh, on his upper back, his right of his back is going under an MRI, like I said earlier today. Um, So it's it's not hasn't gotten any better. Now, what's also kind of impressive, Amy, though, is that he did gut through his first two starts after returning from the IEL. He pitched at least five innings each against the Orioles and the Reds, only allowing a combined three runs. Um, so the fact that he did that with this clearly still bothering him is pretty impressive. Um, I, I just wonder if, uh, you know, was it an issue that he was dealing with during those starts as well, or was it something more that has popped back up because he's overcompensating for something else that's bothering him? Yeah. And I think that's, that's possible. I mean, I don't think he, he came back and was 100% just like we saw. I mean, even in those two starts that you mentioned, he made them, got through them, did fairly decent, but you could tell his command was still off. Something was still off. Uh, His velocity was down, obviously not as low as it was last night, but it was still down. And you could tell that he was not 100% himself, Uh, but he did get those, those through those two starts. And, you know, just these three consecutive starts, the only three consecutive starts he's made since that big contract over the last two years, only time he's made three consecutive starts. So they kind of were like, Oh, maybe we're on the upswing here um, of this, this little Steven Strasburg era here. And it doesn't seem possible. So I guess it is kind of, you know, that issue isn't foreign to him. That area of his body has had a lot of issues um, through over the years there. So Obviously, something's nagging, and hopefully, uh, even if the MRI comes back clean, I would imagine he doesn't make his next start. He goes on the IL, and they try to find the root of this problem because it's not like it came out of nowhere. Um, I would imagine they had some idea about it. He just thought he could pitch through it 
And obviously that's not the case. You mentioned his velocity. That was uh, one of the main, uh, I guess, signs that he was not himself uh, on Tuesday night because his fastball was sitting around like 89, 90, maybe even lower, like 88. And so much, it was so low that it was actually registering as change-ups um, on the MLB official pitch tracking system. But that was actually, there were actually his fastballs. He couldn't get it up any higher than that. And that is a huge tell that something obviously is wrong. When you see a guy who's normally throwing mid nineties um, and, and a little higher with his fastball. Now we know overall, Later in his career, Strasburg's velocity has dipped a little bit, but not that much, right? Not so much that the system thinks they're actually change-ups. Um, so it, it, it was that was a huge sign right there that he couldn't get his fastball above 90 miles per hour. Um, he walked Ronald Acuna Jr. on four pitches in the first at-bat of the game. David Martinez even saying, who we'll hear from again in a bit, but like saying even in his at-bat, we want Strasburg to swing because he's a pretty good athlete and not a bad hitter for a pitcher. And he only took one swing and then didn't swing again. He went right back to bunting. So even while he was at the bat, you could tell something was wrong because he just wouldn't swing. He didn't feel like he could swing the bat in a normal way. So a lot of signs uh, coming from Steven Strasburg in that night. We'll get to our level of uh, concern for him right now and what else it means for the rest of this rotation. But let's hear from Davey Martinez, who spoke last night. Steven Strasburg did not speak to reporters after this outing, which is another kind of tell sign for me, at least, that something else is wrong and he doesn't want to address it right now. Um, but Steven Strasburg did not speak to reporters. David Martinez, of course, did. He was asked a bunch about what went wrong and what into his decision to ultimately pull uh, Steven Strasburg from the start. So here's Davey. His trap was getting tight. So um, he's going to get an MRI tomorrow. So it's the trap. It's like in the right shoulder area? Yep. Okay. So, you know, he tried to pitch through it, and, you know, I just – you know, told Paul, I said, I don't want, I don't want to see him going through it. You know, let's get him out and uh, see what's wrong with him. And, you know, and we'll have to figure it out, but um, he couldn't get, he couldn't get it loose, try to get him loose, couldn't get loose. So what were the discussions on the mound in the first inning and then between innings when you guys decided to put him back out? No, I was watching him and he was, you know, kept moving his neck. And so we went out there and, you know, he said, you know, he, he just feels stiff, but he, he wants to pitch through it. He wants to see if he can pitch through it. And uh, we gave him an opportunity, but he came out second inning and it just didn't look right to me. And his velo was down and, you know, I, I got to be smart um, and, and t- you know, figure out what's going on with him. So um, we'll see tomorrow. Like I said, he'll have an MRI sometime tomorrow and we'll see what's going on. So what's your concern? Obviously, you just had the shoulder deal. So what's kind of your concern level? Obviously, you want to get the results of the MRI, but when you when it's been kind of a recurring thing with that area of his body, what's your concern level right now? When you take, I mean, when you take, when I mean, you have to take someone out of the game, especially you know, uh, one of your starting pitchers, I'm always concerned until I know what's going on. So, um, you know, it's 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 concerning. You know, I'm not gonna say you know. I mean, it was on my mind all night. You know, I'm, but I'm happy about the boys uh, playing playing hard and. Uh, both, and what a job he did for us. I mean, um, but they played. Everybody played well, and and we pulled out a victory. And um, you know, do it again tomorrow. Thank you. Jessica Hey, Davey. When you notice that something with Strauss isn't quite right, what is the window that you give him to try to work through it versus knowing like, okay, now I got to get you off the field? Well, it was, it was the big indication was, you know, he loves to swing the bat. Well, he had a guy in scoring position and he went to bunt and, you know, I stuck, that raised my concern a lot. 
because, you know, typically we didn't give him the ball and, he, you know, we want him to swing. Um, he took one swing and they went back to uh, to button. So, uh, you know, then I told Paul, we got to keep an eye on him, you know, just watch him. His velo never got back and he was still, you know, moving his, you know, moving his neck, head around and, uh, you know, the line drive, you know, was hit back at him. And at that point I said, you know what, this is not, it's not fair to him. It's not. So um, let's go get him. You know, he, sh- he waved us off, but I told him, I said, I'm, Hey, we got to be smart, Steven. I mean, Hey, uh, we got to see what's going on. And hopefully, you know, you come back soon. It's, you know, I always say it, but there's still a lot of baseball, but we need him healthy. Would you have been more surprised if he didn't wave you off? Um, no, I mean, it's to be expected. I mean, he's, he, you know, he wants to compete and he's frustrated, you know? So, but like I said, I, I want to make sure that we do the right thing for him and for us. And, that you know, we, we, we really take a look at this thing. Dave Martinez, of course, asked right there about his own concern level for Steven Strasburg. Amy, what about you? I mean, this here we go again, kind of like we talked about a second injury in just over a couple of months to start the season. How concerned are you about not just Steven Strasburg's health, but how it affects the rest of the rotation? Right. I mean, obviously you have your short-term concern and now you have your long-term concern because we can't forget that this is the guy that they signed to that huge contract, um, letting Anthony Rendon go that same year. And you hate going back to that, but it's kind of really difficult not to, um, you know, given the track record that he has ever since that. So I think that's your long-term concern. What is the roster construction going to look like when you owe Steven Strasburg all this money and he's performing like he does? Hopefully he figures it out. But then you have the short-term concern because that puts the rest of your pitching staff in a pinch, um, and especially your bullpen. It puts a whole lot more pressure on your bullpen because we already have John Lester coming back on short rest tonight, your oldest pitcher um, in that rotation, and great for him for buckling up. I don't think a lot of guys would do that. I think there's a lot of guys in the league, young guys um, who have the capability of coming back on short rest who would say, no, you know, that's not going to work for me. So good for him um, for legging it out. But, you know, you already have him coming back on short rest. And now you have Eric Fetty, who's still on the IL, who you have plans to make this rehab start on Thursday, maybe stretch out to as long as or to as much as 90 pitches. Um, and it's very possible he's going to have to make that start for Steven Strasburg on Sunday. So it kind of puts your, your, yourself in a jam here. Um, they've had to deal with it so far this season. Eric Fetty's had to come up big so far this season. Uh, so it's not necessarily new to this year, um, but it's definitely stressful and stressful for Davey Martinez. Uh, like he said in that press conference, he wasn't sure what he's going to do about Eric Fetty yet. Um, I'm sure that answer will come today, but it's it's not a good situation to be with to to, to be in right now. Yeah, of course not. And uh, I think you're right. It's gonna be very stressful for David Martinez because going into last night's game, there were already concerns that John Lester was gonna have to pitch on short rest uh, for tonight's game. And so it, they were kind of banking on a strong, decent start by Steven Strasburg, so they wouldn't have to burn any of their long bullpen arms uh, on Tuesday night. And of course, it only goes one and a third. And you know. Credit to Austin Voth. He came in. He pitched really well. Gave them a chance to win. Obviously, the offense picked them up, scoring 11 runs. Um, and, and that's great that they came back and won that game. But now you look ahead. Now you need John Lester to give you a, a, a long outing on short rest. And I agree. This is something that maybe a veteran pitcher and John Lester status, you know, a three-time World Series uh, w- winner, uh, might not want to do, but he's taking one for the team right here. He understands the situation, and he's going to step up and give it his best. Uh, maybe it's also something he's done in his career. I haven't really looked at how John Lester performs on short rest. 
Maybe something he's done in the postseason before, you know, pitching on short rest, coming around to make an, another start. We've seen that happen a lot before. Um, obviously, this is much lesser stakes than uh, pitching in the postseason on a short rest, but I, I do think it is important. And you mentioned Eric Fetty, that rehab start. If he does pitch 90 pitches on Thursday, he that doesn't line him up to pitch on Sunday. That, that He'll have to pitch on short rest, too, if he's going to take Steven Strasburg's spot and pitch Sunday in Philadelphia. So there's a whole lot of things going on right here. You need Paulo Espino, who did pitch at least an inning last night on Tuesday. Uh, he's probably going to be your first man out of the bullpen if John Lester can't go very deep into the game. And even Espino probably won't be able to give you multiple innings after pitching last night. You already know Voth is down for tonight. So Dave's going to count on a lot of guys uh, tonight if John Lester can't go deep. You would ideally, right, ideally think that Lester can give you maybe five tonight, five solid innings, keep them in the game, and hope your offense kind of breaks out again uh, like they did last night. But then you also got a quick turnaround. They play an afternoon game on Thursday on a getaway day. You have a 12-20 game. It's not like they have a lot of rest time. They're going to play tonight and then have a quick turnaround in the morning to play another game uh, in Atlanta. So uh, it's all coming, kind of coming up right now for David Martinez. He's got a lot on his plate in terms of the pitching staff. Again, luckily the batting uh, woke up yesterday and was able to kind of bail out Steven Strasburg and, and David Martinez in that situation. But you can't count on that every single night. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how Lester performs tonight, who's the first guy out of the bullpen tonight, and how they respond tomorrow with a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Lester's only you know, gone on short rest less than a handful of times in his career and hasn't had really great results. So you're hoping tonight's kind of the opposite of that. Uh, but you're obviously not expecting a whole lot out of him. You're not expecting a regular, regular John Lester start. You're just hoping you can get as much as you can out of him. But I think what's so interesting is – you know, they planned for him to come back on short rest before everything yesterday happened, before Steven Strasburg threw 30 pitches. Austin both had to come in throw 50. Uh, they already planned for him coming back on short rest. So I'm really curious as to why this team is against just throwing a bullpen game out there. So many teams do it nowadays. You see it kind of often. I never see the Nationals do it, even though they were, you know, in this situation where today could be a bullpen day uh, instead of bringing John Lester, your oldest pitcher, back on short rest. So I, I kind of don't get that. And that kind of makes you think that uh, Eric Fetty, let's say he they do decide him to give him that complete rehab start, stretch him out to possibly 90 pitches, six innings. Uh, they're obviously not going to go with the bullpen game on Sunday. So that kind of makes you wonder. I, I mean, obviously, I guess they're not going to put Eric Fetty out there for that long. He's going to make the start or maybe you'll see Austin both. You know, that would line him up. Sunday would be five days for Austin both. He threw 50 pitches yesterday. Um, so you kind of you never know. But it is just interesting to me why you never really see them go go with a bullpen game like a lot of teams do. Yeah, I, I think part of it, I've this is I have no Nothing to back this up. This is just my own personal thinking and looking into it. Part of it might be a, a kind of a pride thing, you know. They, they pride themselves on the starting rotation. They pride themselves on building, on having five, six, seven guys that can take the ball any day of the week and give them a chance to win. I, I think that's what they want to do, right? They want to be able to send out a guy, and it's it's maybe a traditional way of thinking about it, obviously. Uh, uh, but, you know, not many teams around the league do it, only really do it you know, maybe outside the race, all other times that it happens is usually in an emergency situation. Now, this might qualify as an emergency situation. So you would, I think it's fair to wonder why you wouldn't do it. But it also just depends how many bullpen arms do you have 
readily available. And then also, again, you know, I think Patrick Corbin will be on, on schedule to start Thursday's getaway game. I mean, he hasn't pitched that deep into games consistently this season. I think he's only reached the seventh inning once or twice so far this season. So you're asking a lot of this bullpen. They've been up snuff. We talked about it a little bit last week, Amy, how they've actually been one of the better parts of this team outside of an injured Tanneraney and injured Will Harris. Uh, they're down a couple of guys right now, obviously some big names, but Brad Hand has come along. Daniel Hudson's having a hell of a season. Kyle Finnegan is, is showing that last year was no rookie fluke. He's having a strong start to his sophomore campaign. So Wander Suero, of course, is a trusted guy in, in long relief roles. They have guys that they trust to come out there, but I think that they would typically rather have a, your set starter. He goes at least five, two times through the rotation, or to, uh, the order, excuse me, and then uh, you hand it off to your back end of your bullpen to close out the game. I think that's what they would rather do. But you're right. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to question why this wouldn't qualify as an, an emergency situation to throw out a bullpen game. Right. And then obviously after yesterday, that would have thrown a whole wrench into things. If that's they're planning on going with a, a bullpen game today, um, that would that just simply wouldn't have worked. So you would have been in trouble then. Um, so I guess that's part of it uh, yesterday. And then, you know, I kind of mentioned Austin both maybe being able to make that start. But he I mean, he, he did fairly well yesterday. It's just his ability to get through that lineup the second time. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't you know, that that would be putting him in a difficult situation because he does well. He did fairly well yesterday. It's just getting through that lineup the second time is what he struggled with and what he always kind of seems to struggle with. Yeah. Um, all along. So going through who did pitch yesterday, because it's a, it's a long list, and, and and you know what? The Braves aren't that in a much better shape in terms of their bullpen because Max Fried did not have a great start either on their side. They had threw out a lot of arms out there last night too. Uh, but Austin Voth, of course, pitched the three innings. You got Sam Clay got one out. Wander Suero went one and a third. And then Daniel Hudson, Espino, and Brad Hand each had one inning. You would think Hudson and Brad Hand would be good to go. Uh, for tonight, at least, especially in a winning situation. Dave Martinez even mentioned in his press conference last night that he wants them to pitch a little bit more uh, because they're better in a routine like that. Uh, but I, I would be impressed. Let's see. Espino threw 18 pitches. You know, you might be able to get a little more than one ending out of him um, in a situation where John Lester can't go very deep into the game, but I wouldn't expect multiple innings out of him. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And he's a guy who's done well every time he's gotten thrown out there. It just seems like he's not going more than that one inning. But it's possible. Like, it's difficulty through 18 pitches. Kind of hard to get a good read on that. Um, but he's a guy who is probably your best option to throw out there more than an inning um, out of this bullpen in the situation that it's in right now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see how Davey approaches it. Again, tonight, that game is on Masson. Uh, the pregame cover starts at 7 o'clock. The first pitch will be around 7.20, so be sure to tune in there. Then tomorrow, again, it's a 12.20 start in Atlanta on a getaway day. I believe pregame coverage will start around noon on Masson as well, so be sure to check out those games, and, and we'll, we'll see how Davey uh, kind of handles it. I'm sure he'll be asked a lot about that pregame tonight uh, before Game 3 against the Braves. We mentioned it a little bit. Let's get into it a little deeper that the offense did back up this pitching staff last night, scoring 11 runs. They finally had a breakout game after getting swept by the Brewers over the weekend, a sluggish game on Memorial Day against the Braves. They you know, they, they finally had that explosive game. Amy, we talk about this a lot. Is this going to be finally the one that we see now the offense kind of consistently hitting, or is this just another blip in the radar that we see happen once every other week uh, where the offense scores a bunch of runs and then goes quiet again. 
I know it's so difficult to tell because they have these games where they score a ton of runs and then the bats go silent for a week or the rest of the series. Uh, So whether it is sustainable um, is, is really key. And that'll be really interesting to see. And I think tonight will be telling and thank goodness the offense came alive in this one, because there are a lot of runs scored overall. Um, And Steven straws were going out after 30 pitches all the whole game being put on the backs of the bullpen. Uh, The offense didn't come alive. This game would have gone a lot differently. And it's still, even though they scored all of these runs, it still never felt like they were, they secured the game or there was a huge lead at any point. Um, So it's, it's really great that the bats came alive when they did got that win. um, And it'll be telling to see whether it's sustainable. And that's, that's the key is that they need to spread out these runs. They were able to do it across multiple innings and do it earlier last night, uh, which has been the issue. Uh, So maybe that's a good sign uh, for this team, Um, but they have to be able to come out tonight, score runs early and score them over multiple innings. They can't, you know, score two runs in the fourth and that's it. You know, so that'll be telling, but it's definitely a boost has to be a little bit of a boost of confidence and probably makes Davey Martinez feel a little bit better bringing John Lester back today on short rest. um, And given how beat up the bullpen might be for the rest of the series. Yeah, we talked about it a lot recently, like needing that clutch hitting. And it kind of started off a little frustrating, right, Amy? They only scored one in the first inning, though they had plenty of opportunities to score a bunch to get off to a big early lead like Davey Mm -hmm. wants to see. Uh, But, you know, those big innings eventually came, scoring four in the fourth, three in the seventh, two in the eighth. Um, and then you look at the top of the lineup, you know, everyone's getting hits. Trey Turner had a three hit day. Josh Harrison hit, had got a hit. Juan Soto hitting third, got three hits with four RBIs. Zimmerman had two hits, including a home run. Castro with a hit. Kyle Schwarber with two hits. Jan Gomes with a hit. Uh, so uh, that was a, he had a big uh, two run double too. So, you know, they finally got clutch hitting. And then of course equates to, you know, a 14 hit 11 run outing for the offense, which is what you would want to see every single night. That's not realistic, but you know, that's, that's a good sign. Uh, Juan Soto specifically, that's who we want to talk about right now. Big three, three hit night. We've talked about how he's been slumping a little bit and we haven't really focused too much on it, Amy, right? Because we just figured it's Juan Soto. He'll figure it out. He'll break out of it eventually, but we haven't really seen that. Uh, he had a rough weekend against Milwaukee, had a rough start to this series, and now finally has a three-hit hit, uh, three outing with a home run, and he's going to the opposite field a lot, and that's kind of always been his key, right? What did you see from Juan Soto in this big out, uh, performance on, on Tuesday night? Well, and I think that's the thing is he's kind of last night he showed improvement uh, in all of the areas that he's been struggling with. And we were kind of cautious uh, whether we should call it a slump for so much of the season because it's Juan Soto who come around. He's trying to fix these things. And it's not that he's not making contact. I mean, he's been making contact, hard contact um, the whole year. It's just he's not driving the ball. And that's what's been key. But you mentioned the opposite field. We saw that last night. He got his home run off of a left-handed pitcher, uh, which he hasn't been able to hit lefties as well this year. Um, And he got the ball. He elevated the ball. He's hit so many ground balls this year. Uh, So we saw improvement in every area that he's been struggling last night, which is a really good sign. Uh, And I think this might be the start of uh, the upswing for Juan Soto, which is key. Uh, And you mentioned those four RBIs. Uh, which is a really good sign for this offense because these guys are getting up. Your best his- best hitters are getting up with runners with runners on base or runners in scoring position. Um, and that's what we've been talking about so much, extra base hits and getting hits, clutch hitting when guys are on base or in scoring position. So I think that's a really good sign. Um, it could be telling partly because he, he hit in that three hole last night. 
Yeah, I was curious as to because we saw him at leadoff at one point over the weekend, right? Uh, over the past couple of days, now he gets bumped back down to the three hole. So I was kind of curious uh, where Davey is feeling more comfortable with him. Do you want him to get more at bats to break out of it, or do you want him up and still trust him to knock in runs with guys in scoring position? Uh, and so, of course, we saw him have a big night Tuesday night and the three hole, four RBIs. Uh, of course, the two run home run helps with that, but uh, you, you know the exit velocity is there. He's he's hitting the ball consistently over 100 miles per hour hour running into some bad luck uh you know his uh his average batting average for the season is 284 but his uh batting average with balls in play is over 300 so that clearly shows that he's just running into some bad luck because he's putting the ball in play and usually they fall for outs but i mean fall for uh for hits uh but it's just kind of not not getting that good luck right now uh and, and you mentioned the extra base hits he's only got nine on the season five of them via home run four via doubles uh, and that's only a third of what how many doubles he hit all, all of last year. Sorry, total extra base hits all of last year. Uh, and, and almost similar amount of games. He only played 47 games in 2020, uh, and, and we're 41 games uh, through this season right now for Juan Soto. So he's only got a third of the extra base hits that he did all of last year. Of course, he had an incredible season last year, so it's hard to like say, hey, you're not living up to your expectations when you set the bar so high like that. Um, his on-base percentage is still there. He's hitting four, uh, 407 right there. He's drawing his walks. He's walking more than he's striking out, which is, you always want to see. It's just his slugging percentage is down, down to 418, and that's what's leading to that OPS of 825 being a little no, uh, lower than normal that we're used to seeing from Juan Soto. Uh, yeah, it, it's all about getting the ball in the air for him. He's always talked about that, and he's been struggling as of late doing that, and I think it's because pitchers are attacking him more down and away, and it's hard for him to reach over across the plate like that uh, to get the ball up in the air, and that's why you're seeing a lot of balls hit to the ground. He's hitting to more uh, double plays already than he did all of last year, six already this season, um, versus only one last year. So I think pitchers are attacking him well. It's all about adjustments, right? He needs to adjust. We saw him go the opposite way last night. You mentioned hitting off a lefty, which is a good sign. Uh, all three of his hits went center field, left center, and left field uh, uh, for his hits last night. So that's a good sign that he's using the opposite field because then pitchers can't just live on pitching him away if he's going to hit the ball the opposite way, and then he'll get more balls inside, maybe up into his sweet spot up and away, or sorry, up and in uh, where he likes to crush balls, and that's where a lot of his power comes from. So good sign uh, of things to come, hopefully, from last night. I mean, he, it, like you said, displayed kind of everything that you want to see from Juan Soto when he's on, right, going the opposite field and, and hitting the ball hard like that. So uh, it's just a matter of him consistently getting that, uh, I'll be interested to see where Davey slots him in the lineup tonight and tomorrow and this weekend in Philly. You know, it, he might be able to do well against the bad Philly pitching staff over the weekend. That could help him as well. Uh, but, you know, if, if he's going to be staying at hitting third or if he's going to be moved up to back to second or even leadoff spot to get him some more at-bats to try to break out of this thing. But Davey might be satisfied with the way that Juan looked last night. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And you mentioned the walk rate and the strikeout rate and just hitting into some bad luck. And I think the one good sign about that is that even though he's struggling, even though he's been slumping, his plate discipline hasn't really hindered. Yeah. Uh, his strikeout rate is down. He's chasing the ball less. He's getting less swinging and miss swing and misses. And I think that's what's so important um, is that, you know, when a lot of guys are struggling, they, they chase the ball. Uh, they're trying to force stuff. And that really hasn't hindered uh, Juan Soto at all this year. Um, and obviously pitchers are going after him. It's interesting to see how they approach Juan Soto. Um, and his plate discipline hasn't hindered at all. So I think that's really important um 
of yeah for him and um what was I gonna say oh, I've completely lost it no, no. Uh, but I think yeah no it will be interesting to see where they where they put him in the lineup because mm-hmm. that completely changes his approach and what he's doing at the plate yeah. I mean when he's hitting in the three hole or he's hitting cleanup um his at-bats are going to look a little bit different than like he let off this weekend um so that'll that'll be interesting and might determine you know you know what Juan Soto does moving forward but that timing issue it seems like he's got it down Kevin Long and Davey Martinez both kind of settle along uh it was a timing issue. They wanted to make contact just a little bit sooner, more out in front of him. Um, and that's why we saw so many ground balls, saw, saw why he was pulling the ball so much. Uh, so what we saw last night was an improvement in, in every way. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. He's looking a lot better. Um, uh, the on-base to me is always a key. I think the biggest concern for me is when Juan Soto's not getting on base. When he's getting on base, still you meet that just to me means that his bat's going to come around eventually. He'll get hits, but he's still seeing the ball well, like you mentioned, um, and, and taking his walks uh, and, and getting on base. And that's I think that's might be the driving concern of maybe not concern, but like driving factor and and getting him up higher in the lineup because he is getting on base and you want him to get more at bats. But you also want him hitting with guys on base. Um, you know, if he's leading off, he's not going to get that many opportunities uh, to hit with guys on base, at least maybe not until middle later of the game. Uh, you would rather him, if you want an early lead, swing swing early, which they did really well as a team last night, uh, and swinging at earlier counts uh, and getting on base and then having Juan Soto, Kyle Schwarber, whose bat's coming along, Josh Bell, who's hitting well, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, who's been fantastic against left-handed hitters when he gets the start, uh, is hitting well. You guys want Trey Turner, Josh Harrison, Juan Soto on base to drive in those runs. Um, but let's... Um, give a timeout of us talking about Juan Soto, what we're seeing from him. And let's let Juan speak for himself as he talked to reporters at length last night after the game about how he's feeling at the plate, the adjustments that he's making, and how good it was to hit that home run and finally hopefully break out of the slump. I mean, it's always great to hit a homer. Uh, I mean, I know all, all the players in the big leagues and minors everywhere, if they hit a homer, they, it feels great. So... It just feels great. Uh, a long time to get that feeling to hit that ball that hard and just run around bases. It just feels great to be to be like that and hit a homer again. It's a great feeling. What was the difference in that at bat compared to some other at bats that hadn't resulted in home runs lately? I mean, it's just kind of the same. Uh, we all we've been working the last couple of days. Just try to put the ball in the air, <clears throat> try to hit the ball square up and put it in the air. It's, it's coming through right now and it feels great. Juan, um, tonight of your hits, what do you want to take from those at bats into the next game and build on? What is like maybe the one thing you thought really went well for you tonight? We hit the ball to the other way. Uh, I think <clears throat> that's that, that was the key that's got me set it up. Uh, when I hit that single to the left field, you just got me really on and really ready for it. Is that letting it travel in the zone a bit more? Like, is that when you're in your comfort spot? Yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, I freeze kind of tough. He's been trying to throw me a couple quarters, quarters that I don't know if he knows he's he been throwing that. Uh, but, yeah, it feels, it feels good to go in that way and just – let it travel a little bit more and see a little bit deeper. And then once you once you get that single to the other way, does your what's that do for your confidence? What's that do for your rhythm at the plate for the for the coming at bats? Oh, it just 
like I say, he set everything up uh, for the next bats. Uh, <clears throat> he got me on time. Uh, he showed me where I can hit the ball, where how how far I can let it travel, and how good I can hit it anywhere on the plate. I think another interesting factor, or I don't know, this might not this might be nothing, but for me at least, looking at Juan Soto and seeing his personality, we know he yeah, how much of a happy-go-lucky guy he is. So when he's like smiling and able to make jokes and and, and have fun. Uh, during his press conferences, you know he's feeling a lot better. I think over the weekend was like the first time we actually saw Juan Soto display some sort of frustration, uh, slamming his helmet after he grounded out one time, throwing his bat at one point. Uh, maybe he just need to get that out of his system, kind of reset, uh, and get you know his love for the game back and have a little more fun out there and be more relaxed when he steps in the box. Right, and we know Juan Soto loves to have fun in the box, loves to be <laughs> relaxed, uh, uh, mess around a little bit. But maybe Juan Soto getting going is kind of what this offense needs. I mean, we know last night Juan Soto kind of had a bounce back game. The offense came alive, so maybe that's all a part of it. Maybe he's kind of – obviously there's been some games where this offense has been slumping while Juan Soto has been playing well. But right now maybe that's what they need, and it's both on the field and in the clubhouse. And that shouldn't, that shouldn't be a surprise, right? I mean, this is an MVP candidate. You know, we talked about last year how he was should have been considered an MVP candidate. Um, um, he was a runner rookie of the year. He's your superstar. This is a guy, you know, you should have him playing at a high level the entire season. Uh, and, you know, if we were talk, if Juan Soto was having a season he, you know, we saw last year and the Nationals offense was still struggling, I think we would have a much bigger issue on our hand because that means no one else is hitting. But the fact mm-hmm. that Juan Soto isn't hitting, that's, I'm not saying it's an easy fix, but it's something to be maybe less concerned about because you would think that he would play back to, like Mike Rose always says, he would kind of revert back to playing like the back of his baseball card says he can play. Uh, and then he would, you know, that picks up the offense and everyone relaxes a little bit more. No one has to press as much. Uh, and Juan Soto gets back to doing Juan Soto things. So maybe it's not the worst case thing that your best player is going through a tough time right now because we can see him bounce back. We can trust that he will be back to his normal self soon. And that helps pick up everybody else. Right. I think that's a good point. It takes less pressure off of Davey Martinez because we saw it yeah. firsthand when it was just him and Trey Turner uh, um, hitting. Davey Martinez had to move this lineup all around. You were forced to hit, uh, get Juan Soto as many times up at the plate as you could. Um, but if everybody is hitting and he's kind of the spark that this offense needs, then that takes some pressure off of him because you can you can hit him where you want when when you can get guys on base, so on and so forth, like we saw last night. Yeah, it was so hopefully a sign of things to come for Juan Soto as he gets a little bit better. Uh, you know, we know he likes hitting against the Braves too. He's had some of his monster home runs hitting against the Braves. He likes going head to head with Ronald Acuna Jr. He likes the spotlight right there. So they're always fun to uh, watch them go battle uh, when they play head to head. So two more games in Atlanta. Hopefully the Nationals can kind of. Uh, Take two of them. You know, they haven't won a series against Atlanta all series season long. Only, oh, Tuesday was only their second win of the season against the Braves, actually. So you would think that you would win, want to win some games against the division before going up to Philly and playing another division foe. Obviously, with the Nationals being in last place, both of these teams are above them in the standings. And we talked about it before. The easiest way to climb the standings is beat the guys that are right above you. So if you're able to do that, you know, maybe by this time next week we're talking about how they went on a hot streak and the offense finally woke up and they solved the pitching problem and they're right back in the race. They're only six games out. That's pretty low. They're at a season worst in terms of their record. But, you know, six games isn't impossible. We've seen we've seen them do uh, come back from worse, I should say. 
Right. After a five game losing skill, what you saw last night is pretty um, optimistic. You can be optimistic about it. Um, and like we said all along, you know, the Braves didn't get out to the start that everybody expected. So this right. series is a, a perfect opportunity to make up that ground and finally get the series win against Atlanta like you, you want to all along. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully we'll see that tonight. Again, pregame coverage on Wednesday night will be at 7 o'clock on Masson and then the first pitch right after 7.20. John Lester hopefully getting uh, Davey Martinez um, somewhat decent outing on short rest. And then tomorrow, 12.20 game, noon start for a Nats extra pregame show on Masson before the Nationals head up to Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Uh, Amy, anything else? Anything uh, did we miss over, gloss over uh, for this episode? No, I think we talked about the two most important players, the two most no- newsworthy um, over that last game. But what they have to do is be able to sustain the offense production that they put out, out last night and try to give their bullpen a little bit of relief um, and not jam up this rotation like it seems to be right now. Yep. Well, that's Amy Jennings. Give her a follow on Twitter at Amy Jennings News, a great follow for Nationals content throughout the course of the season. Amy, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend coming up, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Mass and All Access podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, being part of the show, commenting along on uh, the Mass and Nationals Facebook page, YouTube channel, and on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. Rate, subscribe. We love the feedback hearing from you fans all season long. You can also check out my series recap episodes only on podcast formats uh, throughout the course of the season the next episode i'll probably drop friday maybe thursday night maybe friday morning uh recapping this brave series and previewing uh a roundabout against the phillies i'm at bobby underscore blanco on twitter you can give me a follow as well also of course give mass and nationals follow across the platform on social media thank you guys again so much for tuning in stay safe stay happy stay healthy enjoy the games and we'll talk to you later